Hey there, it's Pat Miller, the Idea Coach, host of the Pat Miller Show. This show is for small business owners so they can make their business dreams come true. Our slogan is Don't Grow It Alone. And what you're going to hear is a broadcast of our show that's carried in 25 cities around the country. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Hope you love it. All right, let's go. Oh, excellent choice. Thank you for clicking play. Hi, I'm Pat Miller, the Idea Coach, and welcome to the Pat Miller Show. This is where we have a weekly conversation with entrepreneurs who are trying to grow their business. Because let's face it, if you're a solopreneur or a scaling small business owner, sometimes you just need a second opinion. Am I crazy? Is this how it works? How do you do the thing? I've always heard that I should. These are some of the questions that we get on the show. We also like to do small business celebrations. So I want that in the back of your head for the next time something good happens in your business. You think, oh, hey, I should go to patmillershow.com, reserve my time, and come on and tell the world all about how great I'm doing. That's what this show is. You are incredible for hitting play. I've got two entrepreneurs standing by. One is a guy named John who's trying to drive reviews for his small business. And another one is Susan Trumpler who's standing by wanting to talk a little bit about how to drum up some excitement for a new program cohort that she's launching. Rachel Amantia, bookkeeper extraordinaire, is my co-host. I am ready to get down to business. How about you? Should we get it started? All right. Here we go. Thanks for tuning in. Broadcasting from the small business capital of America, this is WIIFM Milwaukee, an idea coach station. You're on the small business journey, and sometimes you need a dose of creativity and a helping hand, and that's why we're here. Welcome to the Pat Miller Show, where we build big ideas live without a net, so you can turn your small business dreams into reality. You share what you're building, and we'll rally to help make it bigger, better, faster, more. And it's not just what will be, we also want to hear your wins. So we're all reminded that small business success is here for every single entrepreneur that gets clear, works hard, and doesn't quit. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. If you want to be on the show, it's super easy to do. Hit up our website, patmillershow.com. You reserve your time. We'll work into your schedule, and you can come on and star in the show. Rachel Amantia of Masterpiece Bookkeeping is my co-creator this week. She's standing by as our two entrepreneurs. We'll get to them in just one moment. But first, we have to have a real talk. It's getting expensive out there. I mean, yikes. How much is your grocery bill up right now? How much is your grocery bill up in your household? Ours, probably $200, $250 every month. What about gas? I work out of my house, and it's still up over $100 a month. What about everything else? Lots, right? Everywhere you look, things are more expensive. And what if, what if, I know this is crazy, we're just solopreneurs talking to one another here. I know this is crazy, but follow me to crazy town. What if we didn't care who did it or why? What if, like, what if we had a conversation about inflation and the economy that didn't care who did it or why? You know why? Because I'm a guy building a business in his basement. I ain't going to fix it. 
what if we had a conversation about what to do and how to get through it? Ding, ding. That's what we should be talking about. What to do and how to get through it. I got four ways, four ways that you can do something about it and get through this economic uncertainty that we're in. You ready? The first way is to raise your prices. Yeah, everything else is getting more expensive. I mean, just because it costs $10 to dry clean a shirt doesn't mean that you can't raise your prices too. I'll ask you this question about your prices. When's the last time you raised them? If it's longer than 90 days ago, you're going backwards. In fact, an economist just shared with us how wages are going up, but inflation is outrunning the wages, so workers are also going backwards. They're not actually getting a raise. They are, but effectively they're not because inflation is eating the increases that they're receiving from their employers. Well, we are our own employers. So if you're not raising prices, you're falling even further behind. So you have to raise your rates. Do you know where your breaking point is? Do you know the maximum that your customers would pay? It might be time to find out. The second thing I'll say is it's time to innovate. What are you already doing that you could package and sell to a new customer base? I'll give you an example. Let's say you are a gardening store. And you do really well when it comes to training new employees about how to keep plants alive and deal with customers. With a little bit of elbow grease, you could package that knowledge into an onboarding course for employers. So that way, a gardening store or a pet food store or some other entrepreneur in another part of town or another city could have a ready-made training course for their new employees. What are you already good at that you could package and sell to someone else? Or what are you already doing that you could repackage and sell on its own? Maybe there's a part of what you already do that is valuable in its own right. It's time that we look through what we do every day and we package them and we sell them because we could use the extra revenue. A third way that you could get through what's going on right now, lock in your best customers. Look at your revenue. Look at your customer base. Identify the customers you absolutely cannot afford to lose and go try and lock them in. Sign them to a long-term deal. Get an extension from them, preferably with a price increase, as we just talked about. But if you have the certainty of 75% of your revenue is locked up, that would be a very comforting thing to know right now. At worst, you're ringing the doorbell and talking with your best customers in the first place. Even if you don't get them to extend, if you know that they're happy and not going anywhere, that might be certainty enough. And the fourth way we could get through what's going on right now, take a look at your expenses. Now, if you're like me, Online subscriptions and software, it can rack up pretty quickly. Ah, oh, it's only $20 in the credit card, $30 here, $99 a year, $199 here. I end up having two or three different pieces of software that can do the same thing. <laughs> Something I was going to use, but maybe not for six months. And it just racks up and it racks up and it racks up. So the way that I like to do it is I like to go to my credit card statement because I run everything through my credit card. Don't judge. 
I love the airline miles. Don't judge. I go through the credit card and I look at like the last 90 days of statements. And I look at everything that's hit the credit card. And I ask myself, why did I spend it? And do I need it? And usually every time I do that, I find 40, 50, 60 bucks a month in recurring charges that I really don't need. So that's the first way you can do it. The second way is to look at maybe prepaying. Do you have a vendor that you can't live without? Call them up and say, listen, can I prepay 90 days or six months of your service? If I do, would you give me a discount? Well, there's a way to control some costs. Another thing you could do is trade. Who do you do business with that also does business with you or could do business with you? Let's say you are an SEO website optimizer and you've got a copywriter that sends out your email newsletter. Ring them up and say, listen, uh, I was wondering if for the next 90 days or six months we could trade. I'll optimize your website. You write my newsletter. You may be surprised that they would want you to perform your activity for them. Then the other thing you can do is you could go for an extension yourself. You could ring up your best vendors and say, listen, I love what you do. I can't imagine life without you. Could we extend for six months or a year? And if we do, could I get a preferred rate? It's another way you could control some costs. So raise your prices, lock in your partners, innovate with new products, and take a really good look at your expenses. Those are four things you could do today to help you get through what's going on, and none of them give a damn about who's responsible or why. Let other people worry about all that stuff. I only care about you and your small business. I only care about getting through the grocery line and being able to afford it, having gas in the tank to take the kids on vacation. I only care about you accomplishing your goals. So take action and quit worrying about who's to blame because we got to get through this. We can also get through it when we've got some fresh new ideas and some great perspective, and that's what we do here on The Pat Miller Show. So let's bring in our co-host for today's episode, Rachel Lamantia of Masterpiece Bookkeeping. Rachel, it's great to see you. How are you? Good morning. I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm good. I'm really excited. This co-host format where we get to bring in smart people every week has been really fun, and I've been looking forward to having you on. If someone doesn't know you, they should. Tell us about your business. Sure. So I own a bookkeeping firm, Masterpiece Bookkeeping, um, which means I get to work with entrepreneurs every day and help them in an area where um, many have never been taught. They don't know, but it's so critical to your business and your business's success. Um, and that's the part I love is working with entrepreneurs and, and helping them in that area. I've seen you do that before where you look at their numbers and you look at their performance. And for you, it's not just the financials. It's how does this affect their strategic decisions and how does this affect the growth that they would like to have? So I think it's great to have you on as a co-host today because we've got callers lined up that are ready to come on and uh, get some perspective. And I know that you will uh, really help out. So are you ready to go? I'm ready. Let's dig in. All right, let's do it. First up today, John Shukarov calling in from Baltimore. John, it's great to see you, friend. Uh, I want everyone to know who you are and what you do. So let's start there. I'm an immigrant. 
from Uzbekistan, which is a post-Soviet Union country. 2005 in America, decided uh, fate decided for me to make me a cleaner. Uh, it wasn't a choice of mine, but in 2009, I started my first janitorial company called Interworld Cleaning. And um, up to now, we're in uh, million dollars annual recurring revenue. I've also started different ventures in between. And, and I'm an author of a book that is called Immigrants Companion, Making Your American Dream a Reality. That just finished to uh, scribes with the editor and we're going through the final one. And then we'll we'll get it um figure out how to get it published. So exciting. Congratulations on the growth of the business and uh, writing the book as well. So I'm curious, how can we help you today? What's going on? One of the bigger challenges that I just keep thinking and thinking, and I'm like, okay, who else to ask better than Pat and Rachel about this question? Since the inception of the company, I always believe in the relationships that work that are not forced upon, right? So therefore, we have no contracts that are lengthy contracts. So our contracts are months to months. Our customers can cancel out any moment. What happens is we've got people close to a decade plus, right, with us. The problem, not a problem, a challenge and or an opportunity that we need to solve is that we just can't get two things from them. We can get the referrals from them and or we can get them to leave a positive review for us. We tried different ones, right? We tried ethical bribing hey, we'll, we'll do this instead of this, right? We tried, please help us out. <laughs> uh, we tried email automation. We've tried various things. So um, what I would love to do is to create a, an army of raving fans so customers will get vocal about us, right? They're with us for years with being a monthly contract. So they like our services. This is why we exist. And this is why we go to work every single day. We just need to get them a little more mobilized and or activated. So any tips, hints, how to get that accomplished the best way? One of the challenges with my industry, if you think about it, we're primarily commercial company. What we do is we go after normal business hours, right? So we're kind of like ninjas. Nobody sees us at night. The only time you're going to notice us if your trash bin is not emptied and then you get upset. So our janitors does not have an opportunity to build a repo with people. When I was server, flip the coin, right? I was a server. People were hanging out. They were drinking, having a good time so I could connect with them. And when, when they're like emotionally excited, hi, or I solved their problem, you know, take care of that food that was cold and gave them another one, they would have left, you know, they would leave reviews. But here it's slightly different. They work with me most of the times, the customers first time. We, we close an account, then they hand it over to my office manager, who's pretty good with addressing concerns that people have. But our staff, although we're daily at clients' facility, they don't see them. They don't know their family lives. They don't know, you know, that Maria is an immigrant as well. And this review will help her because she'll get promotion, she'll get more accounts, and et cetera. So I think that's one of the challenges. And any ideas you two awesome brains can provide, please do that. Congratulations on the long-term clients. That's amazing. That shows that you're doing a great service. But it can be frustrating when you're doing a great service, but they're not leaving those reviews to, to show other people you do a great service. And I think you rightly hit on it. Uh, you don't put a positive review for the electric company or the sewer system. Like, it's a service. It's not something that people are noticing they're ready to rave about. So I have a few questions, but I know Rachel's got a lot of experience getting uh, reviews for her businesses and such. So, Rachel, what comes to mind for you as far as what John's asking? 
I guess my first questions are around what kind of contact do you have with your customers once they're set up? Like once you're in ninja mode and they don't see you and you're doing an awesome job and so you're like the invisible service that they don't think about. What kind of interaction and contact do you have with either your point of contact um, from a management standpoint? Because I know your your employees, your team who's servicing them doesn't. So who does have contact with them and in what capacity? My business manager, uh, Christina, okay. who also does the sales, because we're a small company. We have to wear multiple hats all the time, right? So she's a yeah. customer service specialist, is a business manager, and et cetera. She's pretty good. So we... On automation level, we've got monthly uh, emails going out uh, with like, hey, this is what happened in our family. Uh, you know, Sandra had a baby. We onboarded this person. So we put in this um, and provide a little bit of helpful content for them. Then we've got a monthly service that going on, which are like one page, right? Yes, no questions. Basically, rank it. All you need is one thumb to, to get that completed. And sometimes we get that completed. And strangely, strangely enough, the same people who completed, completed every month. <laughs> some yes. ones, some come in. Um, whenever there are problems, they reach out to us. Um, so we don't have, we, we, we try to maximize our uh, in-person visits with people. But what we've noticed is when we try to get them on a monthly recurring, like, hey, we're just going to pop by. We are now asking their time out of the day, which is a little challenging, right? On the birthdays, we sent them something. Thank you. Um, maybe a movie uh, coupon for AMC, stuff like that, a little things. If they uh, leave a positive review, like here's a Starbucks coffee. What's happening is when, when we reach out to them, it's like, hey, I wanted to do a survey. Is that okay? Because everything is on autopilot, they don't deem it's needed to, to curve out a time. And when things don't are not on autopilot anymore, then they reach out and that's when we address the problem. So in a sense, we talk to them once it's on ninja mode, it can go months, like um, right. like not just a week until we talk to them. So yeah, your contact at that point is mostly electronic. You're not having many conversations with them. And yeah, you send an email asking for a review. It's easy to ignore, right? Um, do you do like semi-annual or annual just review calls with your clients? Because um, that could be a really great avenue if you're because then you get face to face. You're only asking it of them once or twice a year, not every month. You can get feedback. And I would even frame it saying, you know, we want to be the service that you don't see and don't notice. So maybe you don't think about it. But is it OK if I email you a link right on this call that you could go and leave a review for us? during like that review meeting because having a personal ask instead of an electronic ask sometimes makes a big difference i like that approach i have not thought of quarterly right once in three months or once in six months and that could become actually a part of our sales strategy as well right, right. we're like hey that's what we do we go on autopilot but we know any company comes in and they're doing very good but once the, the team is comfortable we might slack and to prevent that, we conduct quarterly or semi-annually sit-downs, sit right, face-to-face. -face. And, and you're correct. Mm -hmm. Assuming they're happy and we've been taking care of them, right at that moment, if we ask for a review or right, right, pull out a phone and who can you think who can benefit from our services, that's something I didn't think of. I love everything about John's story, and I've heard this before. We do a good job, but nobody seems to care. 
Sometimes you have to give them something to hold on to. Just because you do a good job doesn't mean that someone's going to tell others that you do a good job. But if you can give them a snappy way to get noticed, if you can put a name or a hook on the service that you deliver, suddenly it's easy for people to share all about what you do. Listen, I'll suggest it to them right here. And there's a difference between reviews and feedback. How is the service going? Are we doing a satisfactory job? Are we cleaning your place the way you want? That's good to know so you can operate a great business. Reviews, you have to kind of do something that stands out, something that gets yes. their attention. You said something that I think is really cool. You called your people ninjas. Do you call them ninjas to the clients? Sometimes. I can tell them like we like like a ninjas who come in at night and get out in the morning. So I think that's really fun. So one of the things I've seen done before is when a service like yours personalizes their cleanup nighttime ninja, Maria. And mm -hmm. that's what they call themselves. So the idea that you have and the opportunity that you have is you're inside their business. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to do gift cards or movie cards, you could make a thing where Monday morning, Maria leaves a note saying, hey, the new Top Gun movie's out. Thought you might like to go see it. Thanks for being a great partner, your nighttime cleanup ninja, Maria. And you try and create this almost a pen pal kind of relationship between this person they never see, but in their business every single night. And when you make this little, like I could see a little card, right? Like a little card that she writes on there. And at the bottom saying, we'd love to hear what you think about our services or dedicated to serve you every day. Or you come up with a little tagline that has a hyperlink. And that hyperlink goes to your Google review form or whatever the form is that you want it to go to. But I really like the idea of personalizing your people because, like I said earlier, no one's going to review the power company. But if you can make it feel like Maria benefits by getting a positive review, you need to educate them on who the heck Maria is. Maybe you give her this playful little name and come up with ways for her to leave little treats in the office every once in a while. I love it. Interesting approach. Uh, you, you kind of putting a personal touch now. Yes, you're right. We we need to, because Maria has a family, right? She's she's a person, and and unless we put her in front of our customers, uh, in in like in a non too pushy way, subtle way, then it might work. I like that idea. And you can also celebrate big wins. So let's say Maria's in the business and she sees somebody had a birthday. She could leave a note on their desk saying, "Hope you enjoyed your birthday weekend." Your nighttime ninja Maria. Like she's a coworker, not a service provider. So the more you can personalize her to the people that are there during the day, she's just the one that works at night or whenever she comes in. Right. Uh, so I really like that idea of personalizing them. And I love the idea of run with the name of your nighttime ninjas. There's no reason not to because it gives them the idea and the visual that at night people are running around the office making the place clean, which I think is kind of fun. The other thing, Rachel, that we've talked about before is getting that review request as close to a transformational service event yes. as possible. And I know you do a good mm -hmm. job of that. How do you go about doing that? I'm very conscious about celebrating wins. So whenever a client will email us and say, you know, we love you guys, um, you've made a difference, whatever the praise might be, 
I make sure that I post it in my team group so and shout out the person that's working with them. So it's a team celebration. That's a really easy way to reply and say, oh my goodness, that makes me so happy. This is what we want to do. And we're glad we're making a difference. By the way, here's a quick link. If you want to go like leave a review for us, that would be amazing and help us out so much. Those are the moments that you can capitalize on. And I think, John, you even said it earlier when you have a problem or something you're working through, that's an opportunity. And so maybe in your problem solving process, have like a two week follow up. Once you've implemented whatever solution it is, go back a week or two later and say, okay, how is this working? Did we solve the problem? We want it to be even better than it was before. And if they're happy and they're like, oh my goodness, thanks for working through this with me. That's a great time to say, awesome. You know, we're human, we make mistakes, but when we solve problems, we like, you know, that's part of what we do. If that is valuable to you, if you could go and leave a review, that'd be great. Well, congratulations on the success. Hopefully some of these ideas to personalize your people will encourage people to raise their hand and give you some reviews. Congratulations, John Shukaroff, calling in from Baltimore. It's great to see you, and we'll have to have you back on the show sometime because we do have to have a conversation about long-term contracts, but that's not today. Uh, good luck <laughs> with your ninjas, and thanks for being a part of the show. Thanks for having me, and thanks for the uh, value add. Appreciate it. John, thank you so much for calling in. We are off to a great start here on the Pat Miller Show. On the way, oh boy, Susan Trumpler. Talk about a smart business owner. She's amazing. She wants to talk about her course that's launching later this year, and she has a question about how we can help her. Are you ready for the challenge? Good. It's on the way next on The Pat Miller Show. Running a small business is lonely and hard. I mean, we know that, right? But did you know it doesn't have to be? Stop networking and start connecting with other entrepreneurs on the small business journey in the Idea Collective Small Business Incubator. In this exclusive worldwide community, we're sharing information, we're brainstorming together, and we're supporting each other through the highs and the lows of building your small business. Learn more about the group and get the feel of this show 24-7 in your small business. Visit ideacollectiveincubator.com. That's ideacollectiveincubator.com. Remember, it's your dream. Don't grow it alone. Welcome back to the Pat Miller Show, a show built just for you, the small business owner that is working hard to build your dream. So now that we've been doing this show for a minute, are, are you feeling what we're trying to do here? You can call in and get some help. We'd love to have you on the air. But we also want to create conversations that make you think and make you go, oh, I could do that. Oh, I never thought of it that way. So whether you're on the air or out for a walk and I'm in your headphones right now, hello. Either way, we want to be a part of your small business journey. We want to help you. And we want to help a lot of yous. And the way we can do that is if you like what we're doing, Take action. Rate and review us on iTunes or Spotify or your favorite podcatcher. It really makes a difference in growing the show. And also, click subscribe and join us each week for this conversation so we can help you and everyone else that calls in. 
Time to move on. Got another caller and Rachel Lamantia. We got to be on point here because we've got a really special guest here today on the VIP line. Do we even have a VIP line? I think I just invented a VIP line. Susan Trumpler from the Unstoppable Women in Business. Susan, it is great to see you. How are you today? Excellent. How are you guys doing? Hi, Pat. Hi, Rachel. How are you? Wally's here too. Oh, Hello. yes. Hello, Wally. Wally it's great to best. see you. <laughs> All right. So, Susan, uh, everyone needs to know what you do. So let's start with what you do, and then we'll get into how we can help you today. So tell us about it. All righty. So Unstoppable Women in Business is focused on helping women entrepreneurs learn how to get over themselves when it comes to sales. We want to help them get comfortable and be able to sell with confidence. And um, we do it in a small group setting called the Success Collaborative, where we are able to brainstorm new ideas on how to get visibility, convert relationships into clients. Having folks in a group setting around a sensitive topic like sales, does that help them feel like they're not alone as they try and conquer that thing that scares them so much? Oh, hell yeah. It's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Imagine yourself sitting in your office going, I need a client. I need a client. Where am I going to find that client? (laughs) You know, it's horrible. So putting them into a group and helping them Figure out how to nurture relationships is what we really do best. Well, you're helping people for a living. We'd like to help you today. What's on your mind? How can we help? You know, there's a couple things about, and and I'll just title it under seasonality, okay? Because I know you and I have been talking a little bit on uh, LinkedIn in a a post around this whole hype going on in the uh, economy, you know, that things are heating up and getting, you know, it's coming, it's coming. And there just seems to be this escalation of fear. Um, Couple that with it's summertime. It's summertime. And, you know, our people, I I have a launch that's coming up. Um, It's uh, the Success Collab is opening, you know, in September for its next cohort group. And so I'm in my pre-launch kind of activity. And yet part of me is going, is this the right time? based on both of those factors. Like what are you what are you seeing and hearing guys and thinking about the times that we're in right now? I'm sorry. Wally, go lay down. <laughs> Wally the dog <laughs> has something to share. Rachel, what are you seeing in your business? Because needing a bookkeeper is seasonal or isn't seasonal? Like what do you experience? It's well, it's not seasonal. You have to report your finances no matter what. Um I do see a lot of inquiries around tax time because that's when it's painful for people who don't have it together. Um, But that's seasonality in my business. Um, I have signed three new clients in the past week. So people do some business in the summer. I think that is, um, it depends upon your business and who you serve, obviously, because some businesses do have a lot of seasonality. I think with you, Susan, because you serve um, entrepreneurs, now is a great time to be in business. With the great resignation, there are so many people starting businesses inside hustles. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I've seen several things come through about the statistics of um, people reevaluating their lives over the pandemic and what they want to do. And a lot of people are entering the entrepreneur space. So I know it's scary thinking about recession and inflation and all of this stuff, but honestly, I think you're in a great position. Well, thank you. 
I sure hope so. <laughs> from a um, from a standpoint of being able to capitalize on the economy and what's happening out there, are you seeing anything, Rachel, for that is supporting small businesses, um, t- either tax wise or funding, anything at all that's out there happening to help kind of take advantage of that great resignation? There's tons of resources out there, and there always has been. Um, I think it's a little, there were more like during the pandemic when you're talking about like people putting together grants and loans and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. but they're out there. If you look, Um, you know, the score is always a great resource for small businesses and the, in the Mm -hmm. small business um, administration centers and um, private businesses like you and I who serve entrepreneurs and help them. There's all sorts of that kind of stuff out there. And if you start searching, when you're talking about funding, you can start searching for grants and go down a Google rabbit hole. It just Mm -hmm. takes some elbow grease to find them because nothing is as well publicized as like the PPP loans were, right? Right, right. I can absolutely feel what Susan is going through right now. And I'm not sure what the deal is, but this summer was an absolute desert of activity. It was the slowest summer that I can remember. Everyone seemed to be checked out from about June 5th until, well, pretty recently. I'm not sure if that's a new normal where people are really valuing their summertime, but it was quieter than I can ever remember. And I think it's important that we start calling out this seasonality of attention when it comes to solopreneurs and small business owners, because not much is getting done over the summertime. We talk about it here. One of the things I wanted to add, Susan, is something I think about sometimes, and I think we lose sight of, especially selling knowledge like you do. When people sign up for the collaborative, they got to do work. So in the summer, your product is more expensive than it is in the winter because our time in the summer is so much more valuable to us than it is in the winter. So it's not only the time, it's the opportunity cost of not being on the beach or playing golf or whatever you might be doing. So it's more expensive to join because it takes more of our time, which is precious in the summer. So that's the first thing. And the other thing, and I've never really made this a thing, but I want to make it a thing. I think New Year's Day should not be on January 1st for small business. (laughs) New Year's Day should be the day after Labor Day, because if you're trying to sell something to other entrepreneurs, that is the starting gun of the new year is that day after Labor Day, because no one wants to talk to you in the summer. But on that day, things get real. Okay, but let's put those two things together, Pat, because people want to start September 5th or whatever date it is. They want to hit the ground running, but they've done nothing to prepare for it. (laughs) That's true. Right. So, yes, they do want to enjoy the summer, sit on the beach. All I'm saying is open up your iPad while you're on the beach and do a little bit of thinking, you know, because how do you how do you hit the ground running if you haven't put a plan in place on where you're headed? Are you doing anything with the way you present yourself? Maybe it's summer school that you're putting it slightly Mm -hmm. on a discount and it runs eight weeks prior to Labor Day because you believe business gets real. And so maybe this next collaborative opening could have a summer school get ready for the business season or or something I'm sure you could come up with like that. Oh, I love that, Pat. I love that. That's a great idea. So when it gets to the next collaborative, what are they getting inside the program? So tell us about the program when they're in it. 
Yeah, it is. I alluded to it. It starts out with a plan, like figuring out who you want to attract, how you're going to find them. What are you going to say? Like I'm a, you know me, I love messaging. It's all about how to communicate in a way that's authentic, but that will relate to people and what they want. So we're figuring out the messaging. We're figuring out where you're going to show up. We're putting a plan together for sales and marketing and then um, activity levels. Like, you know, that feeling when you walk in your office, you're like, what should I be doing today? Well, no, you want to have exactly where you should be spending your time so that you are nurturing people through that journey and to the commitment level with you. So that's what we focus on in the plan. And then throughout the time in the collaborative, they're implementing that plan with my support and the support of their peers. If that's piqued your interest, we'll put the link inside the show notes so you can be a part of Susan's program. Susan Trumpler, Unstoppable Women in Business. Great to see you. Thanks for coming on today. Always good to see you guys too. Thank you. Good to see you, Rachel. Thanks for your help. Okay, that does it for another episode of The Pat Miller Show. Are you ready to come on the air? Are you coming to join us? Come on, we want to hear about what you're building or we want to hear a small business success story, something really good that you created because when you share what you've done, we can ask you questions and everyone that's listening can learn from your brilliance. Really, it's a lot of fun. So if you've got a win or you've got a question, book your time now to appear on the show, patmillershow.com. I'm your host, Pat Miller, The Idea Coach, here to help you build your small business dream. Remember, it's your dream. Don't grow it alone. We talked earlier with John Shukarov, who owns the cleaning business in Baltimore, and he just finished a book. I'm so excited to hear about it. So, John, tell us about the book, what's it called, and I want to talk about how you got inspired to write it. But let's start with the name and when should we expect it? Absolutely. The book is called The Immigrant's Companion, Making Your American Dream a Reality. The intent of the book is to help to empower those immigrants and turn them into contributing members and or citizens of the society. So believe it or not, the statistically one in a seven of Americans is an immigrant. So that is a whopping 40 million plus people. And that stat is only gonna go up. The intent of this is to think about it. Um, think about a world when an immigrant is now expected to become a contributing member of the society and that's what they're doing. What I found most of the times we immigrate here uh, in a pursuit of a happy, happy, happier life, right? And then we found ourselves stuck in, a, in one position. So let's say we get our uh, car rented and then uh, an apartment, but then we stuck. And then our mindset is completely different. It's a cash-based mindset, no savings, no contribution. So there are different aspects throughout my life that I had to overcome and solve, right? So from being an immigrant who arrived to the States with $200 in my pocket and three months temporary visa, now I'm a a contributing citizen of the society with five businesses that I manage and or co-manage and some of them making over a million. So there were obstacles along the way that I had to overcome. So the book is filled with an actionable advice and sprinkled pretty much with my personal stories to give it a little spice and make it more memorable. But it, it is filled with literally actionable advice. And it's one of the first books. Later on, I'll be coming in with like Immigrants Companion Expanded was an immigration attorney, immigrants companion, expanded mindset and go get Pat Miller or Tanya Robbins, right? <laughs> so um, 
it, it, it will go out, but yes, the intent of the sole intent, it's literally packed, jam packed. Here's the link. This is how, how you can get the free services. This is the types of visas. This is the mindset. This, these are the differences. For example, one of the uh, differences that I mentioned in the book is if a police officer stops you, don't get up from your car to show a respect and go up and raise your hand towards the police officer because they can understand differently, right? Or my mindset is like, never invite a woman to go out if you can't afford to pay. That's how I was raised. So imagine my surprise when I'm first time sitting there and then she's pulling out a credit card. I'm like, what are you doing, <laughs> right? So there's a ton of uh, little examples of, of cultural differences that I have mm -hmm. experienced myself. Cicadas, when I saw cicadas first time, I'm like, what is this and why it's flying <laughs> and why I can't just laugh when they're flying around, yeah. you know? So there's so many, but that's basically what the book is about. The whole journey, immigration, mindset, cultural differences, uh, how to work for yourself, how to keep working for someone else, cryptocurrency, stock investment, 529, um, you know, contributing back to the society, political ambitions, take your weakness, combine with the strength and make it even better. And then don't forget your heritage because what made you who you are is where you come from. Because I see a lot of people that come in and their kids are now like, oh, that's not a cool to speak Spanish, Uzbek, Russian, whatever the language. And they're like, let's talk the cool people language. But don't don't forget your heritage is what made you what gave you strength. So don't like shift it, you know. Yeah. Um, but basically, that's that's what the book is about. And thought it was my passion to help uh, one in the seven Americans. I can feel the passion, and I'm so happy about your success. You said it was 2005 from Uzbekistan. Is that right? 2005, February. Okay. It seems like every one of us know the date. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to ask one more quick question. I want you to think about the business you've built here and compare it to the opportunities that might have been there. Could you have done what you've done here, there, or how would it have been different? Absolutely not. Um, well, I could have, right? Like absolutely not is probably too strong of a statement because I had a good backing, but I would have been way too stressed. So despite of all the differences and disadvantages America has, I still believe this is the land that provides equal opportunity. If you have an excuse to keep staying on the ground and not to get up, then you'll always have it, right? But if you want to get up, dust yourself off and literally take one step after another, then this is the country it will give it the opportunities are here i still talk to people you know my countrymen i'm like hey i've been running this business for so long i don't remember anybody ever knocking my door and saying can i see your papers i've never first time i had to fly into uzbekistan to my home country i had to look for my passport i'm like where is my passport because all i had all i needed here is a little driver's license right so there are these freedoms and i also like the people the americans right how open-minded how tolerant they are if you put those stop signs four stop signs in uzbekistan and let us to figure out who's first we all <laughs> want no none of us is going to let another pass by with so yes i still think it's it's the the best country to be in uh, just, there are things we can work and make it better definitely but the fundamentals are here and they're strong. I'm so glad you called in. Let's stay in touch. I want to know when your book goes live. We want to help promote it. Uh, congratulations on the success and writing a book. Absolutely amazing. Uh, John Shukarov, thanks for calling in today, pal. Thanks for having me.
Earlier today, we talked with Susan Trumpler from Unstoppable Women in Business, and she is a sales expert. She teaches people sales kind of for a living, and she even wrote the book on it. Oh, shit, I'm in sales. Susan, how come we're all so bad at sales? Oh, you know what, Pat? It just breaks my heart because it can't. it's not that hard, but there's a few ingredients that have to be in place in order to really do well at it. So it starts with you have to have the right processes and skills, right? You got to know who to talk to, when to talk to them, how to talk to them. There's all of these like skills that have to be learned. But the other side of that picture is the only way you can apply these skills is if you have the right mindset. And that's what the book is all about. Um, way too many times I talk to women entrepreneurs and they're like, oh, I just feel sleazy. I feel pushy. I don't want to ask or I think I, it's too expensive and they're going to think badly of me. And all of this mind drama is killer when it comes to trying to confidently promote your business and be able to sell effectively. You've coached hundreds and hundreds of people on how to become better salespeople. You've seen it, right? Because people think I'm not a natural born seller, but it can be taught and we can learn, right? Absolutely. It can be taught because it is just like a skill, like any other job you do, any other part of your business that you get good at. But the barrier between learning it and applying it is is the mindset piece. You got to get over that. And you know where it comes from? It's really interesting. What part it's, it's how you were raised. What's what you think about people who are trying to sell you, sell you. If you have that kind of, um, I'll call it unclean thinking about sales, it's going to be nearly impossible for you to get out there and sell authentically in a way that feels good. And so that's the shift that has to be made. And, and I love working with women um, business owners on how to do that. Does it reflect on your relationship with money as well and what you value yourself as when you're asking for those dollar signs? Oh, that's all. That's everything that's underneath there has to do with money mind drama. It has to do with the, whether or not you feel um, worthy, right? So the imposter syndrome comes into play and, the, oh, I'm not good enough to be doing this. All of that stuff that lurks below the surface and touches every part of your life magnifies when you put yourself out on the line and you start promoting your business and you know, the fear of rejection just can be killer. The thing I love is your book. It's an easy read and it's a great introduction to some of the concepts you just shared. If someone wants to get a hold of it, where do we get it? Yeah, Amazon. You can definitely head out to Amazon, any of the major book sources. You have to type in O. And it's not shit. It's S H. What it was, is I call it an astro splat. What yeah. do you call it? Kind of yeah, like a little star. A little star. It's above the uh, eight. eight. Yeah. yeah. We'll head out to Amazon. We'll also put it in the show notes. You're helping people for a living, and you're so good at it. Susan Trumpler, Unstoppable Women in Business. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. It's been fun to reformat the show where I have the chance to have co-hosts. And this week, Rachel Lamantia was my co-host. Rachel, Masterpiece Bookkeeping. How did you come up with the idea to build your own bookkeeping firm? It was at a time in my life where I didn't know what I wanted to do next. So I owned a business before this one with my dad. Um, we ended up selling it when um, he decided to retire because it wasn't something that necessarily fit my skills and passions very well long-term. And so we sell the business and now I'm trying to figure out what do I want to do? Um, 
And it really just came down to, it's the perfect intersection of what I'm passionate about, which is small business. I really have a heart for small business and how it works and how it ticks. I learned that through my experience at, um, at my previous business and also what I'm good at. And so I like, I'm just, I studied accounting in college. I'm really good at the finances and seeing both the trees and the forest, which I think you need for what we do. And when I put those two together, like who I want to serve and what I'm good at, this was the intersection. And so that's how I kind of decided to give this a shot. And that's exactly what I beg people to do. What do you love to do and mm -hmm. get really clear on who you want to do it for? And I know you're achieving wild success. Let's talk about the outcome for your clients. When someone goes from, I got a bunch of receipts and I'm not sure if I'm doing it right to having their act together that you provide, how does that make them feel? That is an excellent question. And I think people... I think the first level is just a sense of relief or peace, knowing that it's not a mess anymore. I don't think people realize how much like clutter and messiness and things that you don't understand weigh on you, even if it's not necessarily a priority, like selling your next client. People don't think about it as much, but it's still there. You know it needs to be together. You know it affects your business. And once you finally take the steps to get it in order, um, I have people tell me all the time, you know, I wish I had done this sooner, the amount of peace, just knowing that it's taken care of and that it's right and that I don't have to worry about it is amazing. Um, so I think that's level one. And then once you get past level one, you can reach another level where you're actually like using your financial information to make decisions about your business. And Pat, you and I have had conversations about this, like the level of clarity you can get because you know you're relying on good information and you can talk it through with somebody who um, can help you see it and just bounce ideas and talk through situations and implications. That's like the next level beyond that first level of peace, if that makes sense. That first level of the peace is something that you may not anticipate, but it's real. That yes. second level of making better decisions and the confidence that comes from that is absolutely worth every penny. We'll put links to Masterpiece Bookkeeping inside the show notes. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for being a co-host this week. Thanks for having me, Pat. This is fun. Guests on the Pat Miller Show have agreed prior to appearing that they are receiving consultation and advice that they may or may not use at their own risk. No part of this show should replace accounting, tax, or legal advice.